Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.45, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Today is the second in a sermon series that I'm doing that's entitled Journey to Jerusalem. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be taking a metaphorical journey with Jesus to Jerusalem. We're going to be looking at some of the pivotal moments that stand out about his ministry and some of the pivotal encounters that Jesus had with people along the way. You might recall that last week we looked at Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. And we learned that that temptation experience helped prepare Jesus for the temptations he would have to face throughout his life. We also learned that by looking at how Jesus faced temptation, we can learn something about how we should face temptation and overcome it. Today, though, we're going to look at an encounter that Jesus had with a religious leader by the name of Nicodemus. And we're going to see what that encounter might have to say to us as we journey with Jesus to Jerusalem. But before we do so, let's join together in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. For years... The opening of the Wide World of Sports television program illustrated the agony of defeat with the failed landing of an attempted ski jump. The skier appeared in good form as he headed down the jump, but then, for some unknown reason, he tumbled head over heels off the side of the jump, bouncing off the supporting structure down to the snow below. Now, what the viewers didn't know was that he chose to fall rather than finish the jump. Why? Well, as he later explained, the ski surface had become too fast. And midway down the ramp, he realized that if he finished the jump, he would land on level ground beyond the safe sloping landing area, which could have been fatal. Now, surprisingly, the skier suffered no more than a headache from the tumble. To change your course in life can be a dramatic and sometimes painful undertaking. But change is better than a fatal landing at the end. And that's Nicodemus' problem. Jesus tells Nicodemus that he's headed for a fatal landing and that he needs to change course. But Nicodemus knows only one way, the way of earth. It's the only way that any of us knows. Suddenly, Jesus appears on the scene and starts talking about heaven, of being born again. And Nicodemus hears the words, you must be born again. But he's confused. So he asks Jesus, how can a person go back into his mother's womb and come out again? How can a person go back into his mother's womb and come out again? It's surprising to us that Nicodemus is so confused. He's a religious leader and should understand spiritual lessons. 
But he has a feeling that he's missing some crucial truth. There's a reason Nicodemus is going to Jesus. He has an inkling that Jesus might be able to provide that missing crucial truth. Somehow Nicodemus has been headed in the wrong direction and now he must change his course. This he knows, but he seems hesitant. He seems uncertain about making such a drastic decision. Why? What makes this man so slow to take Jesus at his word? Well, there are three reasons. I'd like us to briefly take a look at each of those three reasons. And as usual, if you'd like to follow along, there should be a sermon outline that's printed in your bulletin for your convenience. I invite you, as usual, to fill in the blanks, take it home, consider what God may be saying to you this week. Or if you prefer, you can follow along with the PowerPoint presentation. So let's begin with the first reason why Nicodemus is so slow to take Jesus at his word. First of all, Nicodemus was a religious man. First of all, Nicodemus was a religious man. He clearly knew the Ten Commandments and the Torah by heart. He's referred in John's Gospel not only as a teacher, but the teacher, pointing to his religious preeminence. If anyone knew the truth about God and God's people, surely it was this man. Yet for all of his religiosity, Nicodemus was not a fulfilled man. There was an emptiness within him that religion had not filled. Master, I know all the commandments, but something's missing. Master, I know all the commandments, but something's missing. It's possible to be religious and still miss the meaning of God's word. You know, the story's told about a little girl who went to visit her grandparents. They believed that Sunday was the Lord's day and thus a holy day. They thought it should be a day of quietness, to walk, not run, and that the Bible was the only book that should be read. Now, the granddaughter was not allowed to swing on the swing nor to gather flowers that grew in the pasture. While Grandpa was taking his nap, the granddaughter asked for permission to walk to the gate, and she received it. Along the fence, she stopped to observe the old mule standing with his head bowed and his eyes closed. Reaching through the fence, she said, poor old fellow, have you got religion too? Poor old fellow, have you got religion too? Now, that was at the heart of Nicodemus's confusion. He was a person who believed in God, but he was a person without a cause, a person without a heart. Master, I've kept all the rules and forms and rituals of our faith, but something's missing. Tell me what else I must do to fill this void. Tell me what else I must do to fill this void. And that brings us to the second reason why Nicodemus was so slow to take Jesus at his word. Second, Nicodemus was a powerful man. 
Second, Nicodemus was a powerful man. We're told that he was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He was a member of the powerful Sanhedrin. You know, power can be seductive, can it? It's really true. Power can be seductive. Jonathan Mahler, Jonathan Mahler in his book, Death Comes to Happy Valley, tells the story of the tragic rise and fall of Penn State coach Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno, the legendary Penn State football coach, modeled his life and his career after the classic heroes he loved. But in the end, his story was a modern tragedy. Here was the winningest coach ever in college football. He crafted the grand experiment, which put honor and academics above all else. But sadly, he finished his days under the dark cloud of shame and unspeakable child abuse. All because he traded his values for power. He compromised his values for power. He chose to look the other way when child abuse was taking place all around him. Listen, power can be seductive. As we saw last week, power even tempted Jesus. It even tempted Jesus. You know, power has always been a great temptation for the church. Think about it. We see the big churches as the most successful churches. The taller the steeple, the more powerful the congregation. We build a cross, and someone else builds a cross twice as large. The question is, are we willing to become what the world wants so that they'll love us? We need to ask ourselves that question. Will we be willing to become what the world wants so that they'll love us? Power can be a tremendous temptation. And you know, despite all of his power, Nicodemus could find no peace of mind. Power had not brought him contentment. It had confused him. Power promises us meaning and purpose in life, but it doesn't deliver. It doesn't deliver. Master, I'm a powerful person, but something's missing. Something's missing. And that brings us to the third and final reason why Nicodemus was so slow to take Jesus at his word. Third and finally, Nicodemus was an educated man. Third and finally, Nicodemus was an educated man. You know, I'm proud of my education. My education has opened countless doors for me that would have otherwise remained closed. The Apostle Paul was proud of his education. He writes that he studied under the great Gamaliel, one of the premier scholars of his day. Nicodemus was an educated man, but his education had not brought him fulfillment. You know, there are some educated people who aren't looking for more theories. They're looking for what John Wesley called the religion of the warmed heart. Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. 
Sometimes it's easy for us to get caught up in the form of religion and lose touch with the reality of God. Sometimes we can get so caught up in doing the work of the church that we fail to be the church. Our intellectual comprehension of the creeds can take precedence over our living the creeds. We can learn all about the Bible and fail to be shaped by the Bible. It's true. We can learn all about the Bible and fail to be shaped by the Bible. And that was Nicodemus' problem. It's easy for us to miss that. You know, you want to know Nicodemus' problem? I know his problem because I've seen it in far too many of my colleagues. Nicodemus' ministry had become a profession rather than a calling. Let me repeat that. Nicodemus' ministry had become a profession rather than a calling. He'd built his profession upon his religiosity, his power, his education, but not upon God. I know his problem because I've seen it far too many times in myself. You see, every time I visit the hospital, every time I go to a nursing home to visit a church member, Every time I walk through those church doors, I have to ask myself, are you going because you have to or are you going because you're called to? Are you going because you have to or are you going because you're called to? What Nicodemus needed was not religion but relationship. He needed a living, personal friendship with Christ. Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. Now, we don't know whether Nicodemus ever came to a genuine saving faith in Christ. But whether he did or not, the good news this morning is that you can. You can come to know Jesus personally. You can be born again. You can be born again. You know, I first discovered this truth almost 50 years ago, and I want to close with this illustration. I'll never forget, it was the summer before my senior year in high school. I was living in San Antonio with my parents, and I'll never forget, it was a warm July night in 1971. I was 17 years old. I was lying in bed, staring out my bedroom window, thinking about my life and where my life was going and what I was going to do with my life. Now, Kathy, my wife, was my girlfriend at that time, and she was living in Austin, and she was attending the University of Texas. She was doing something with her life. She was getting her education, whereas I, on the other hand, was just drifting through life. I was just going through the motions. I really had no meaning, purpose, or direction in life. Didn't know what I wanted to do or what I wanted to be. And so I was thinking about these things, pondering them as I was staring out my bedroom window. And I was feeling a little bit depressed and lonely. And while I was doing that, I also happened to be listening to a song by a musical group that was popular at the time called the Moody Blues. 
And the song that I was listening to was called Question. And there were some lyrics from that song that spoke powerfully to that moment. And I want to share those lyrics with you. They went like this. I'm looking for someone to change my life. I'm looking for a miracle in my life. And if you could see what it's done to me, to lose the love I knew could safely lead me through. Now those words have become a kind of prayer for me because they express a deep yearning and longing in my heart. Indeed, I was looking for a miracle. I had no meaning or purpose. I was looking for someone to change my life. But where? To whom could I turn? So I turned to the only one I could think of at the moment, and that was God. Now, I'd been raised in the church, but you know, I'd never really given any serious thought about God or even whether God existed. Never prayed sincerely in my life, at least prior to that time. But that night I did. And that night I prayed a very short but very sincere prayer. And this is what I prayed. I prayed, God, I don't know if you really exist, but if you do, please change my life. God, I don't know if you really exist, but if you do, please change my life. God heard that prayer. It was like a beam of light shone in my heart. And as John Wesley once wrote, I felt my heart was strangely warmed that Christ died for me. Yes, even me. Now, I can't fully explain it, but I know without a doubt, my life changed that night. It was a Damascus Road experience. And I realize that change can come about in a number of ways. For some of us, it's instantaneous. For others of us, it might be gradual. But for me, it was instantaneous. And my life has never been the same since that time. My life was changed completely. I became a new person with a new heart, new desires, a new hope, new aspirations. And you know, as further evidence of that change, the next day I did something I'd never done before. I picked up a Bible and began reading it. Now, I didn't understand fully what I was reading, but I wanted to learn more about this God who I believed had changed my life. I also returned to church. I hadn't been to church in a number of years. And I went to church not because I had to, but because I wanted to. As I said, my desires had changed. I wanted to learn more about God. Now, it's been almost 50 years since that fateful night when my life was changed and transformed. But I got to tell you, my life has been much richer and much more fulfilling because of that night. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. Well, you see, whether you're educated or uneducated, Jew or Gentile, black or white, male or female, rich or poor, powerful or powerless, religious or secular, you must be born again. Well, in conclusion, like Nicodemus, we too must be born again. Whoever has the ears to hear, let that one hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.